and welcome to weekly review it's roman it's february 19th 2016 how did this happen so quickly we're already two-thirds of the way through february we have a great show coming up we have mustafa sullivan who is the national director of the gsa network and we have some music from this band called ruby fruit who had the pleasure of uh seeing perform this past tuesday at the oakland uh spectrum queer media open mic which was it's held every tuesday at Perch Coffee House in Oakland uh, at 6 p.m. So I recommend folks checking that out. So we'll be having a, a good show today and looking forward to uh, having a having some good folks in here. So uh, to get started with some news, uh, I, I guess I can go on a little bit of a rant. Uh, I'll get I'll get right into the news though. Uh, so today happens to be the it was the today is the day of remembrance uh, for Japanese Amer- the Japanese American community, and on this date in 1942, uh, FDR issued Executive Order 9066, authorizing the evacuation of all persons of Japanese ancestry from the West Coast. Uh, so, just a reminder that this that that's part of our our country's history and need to prevent that from happening ever again. Oh, okay. So, deep breath in, deep breath out. I do have some uh, flyers to to read. Some, yeah, just having a a difficult time getting started today. So I'm just going to go right into a a few things that are happening. If folks in San Francisco want to get involved with what's happening, I know there's a lot of unhappiness and uh, frustration. So one way to, to change that is to be involved with one's community. So here is a, a flyer I received, and the title is Turn Residential Hotels into Tourist Hotels. We don't want to do that. Uh, so several residential hotel owners are planning on converting their SROs into tourist hotels. This is against the law, unless they make sure to build one unit for every unit taken off the market. They're planning on using small group housing buildings to take the place of SROs. The group housing rent is much higher then the SROs rent, no surprise there. Uh, this way, the owners make money from their luxury SROs and tourist hotel rooms. If they get away with this, SRO owners all over San Francisco will likely begin to convert their SROs into tourist hotels until there aren't any more affordable SROs. Want to weigh in? Give public comment. This hearing, The hearing for this will be at the Planning Commission. This is Thursday, March 17th at noon at City Hall in room 400. Again, the, the Planning Commission meeting is Thursday, March 17th at noon at City Hall in room 400. And I'll, I'll be repeating this uh, until then. So I encourage folks, uh, especially if you live in that neighborhood, to, to come on out and to check that out and to voice your opinion. Next. Food Smarts Workshops, and this is Thursdays from March 17th through April 21st from 1.30 to 3 p.m. Each class includes a free meal that people make together. There are six workshops, the March 17th, the 24th, the 31st, April 7th, 14th, and 21st from 1.30 to 3. The location is at 290 Turk Street, uh, and there's an RSVP number, and the person's name is uh, Dwayne Cobb, and the phone number is 415 749 2108 and says join us for free nutrition and cooking workshops in a group setting you'll learn how to read a nutrition label shopping and budgeting tips to stretch your dollars how to plan balanced meals simple strategies for healthy eating 
how to exercise without going to a gym, how to eat foods in season, and effective, flexible goal setting to achieve your health goals. Learn to cook healthy meals on a budget. And this is from eatfresh.org. Okay, next. Which way for the tenderloin? Uh, what is the future of our neighborhood and how can you help shape it? Our neighborhood is in the, in the midst of a rapid and profound change. What do these changes mean for long-term residents? What are these forces behind these changes? Check out the groups below and find out how you can be a part of the transformation of the Tenderloin. Uh, Hospitality House's Wednesday Community Organizing Group. Learn from learn the fundamentals of community organizing through practice every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. at 290 Turk Street. Want to learn about neighborhood history, urban development, city planning, a city planning, land use 101, a class on community planning. Free, open to all, drop-ins, welcome. Sessions are held on the second Tuesday of the month at 4 p.m. at 2.30 Eddy Street. And finally, join the Tenderloin People's Congress, a resident-based alliance united in a vision of the Tenderloin as a culturally diverse, affordable, safe, and green neighborhood with equitable social services and economic opportunities for all. Meetings are open and held the second Monday of the month, 11 a.m. at uh, Bodecker Park. So, there are some uh, good flyers. I hopefully will hope folks uh, come out and support and let your voice be heard. So, our, our guest has come in. So, I'm going to play some music and we'll get all set up. And then we'll be back with uh, Mustafa Sullivan.
All right, and we're back. Um, with me, I'm very, very happy to have uh, Mustafa Sullivan, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so you're the, the national director of the GSA Network. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that means I do the national work, not, I'm not like in charge of the whole organization, but yeah. yeah. Cool, um, when did you get involved with them? Uh, I started in July in um, 2014, so it's been about almost two years. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, what's what's your, your journey been like so far uh, in your time with them? Well, what's really great is I get to see young people all across the country um, who are, you know, creating their own GSAs, doing their own work for um, trans, queer, and gender expansive young people um, who are really diverse and who are not just... Um, I don't know, a lot of people have an image of GSAs as being Glee Club or, yeah. you know, like yeah. Glee. Um, and people are really radical and, and really challenging um, both um, their peers and adults to um, to treat everyone differently and to acknowledge um, all the oppressions that we face. Awesome. So and you travel a bit for uh, with the organization. Yeah, pretty regularly. I'm in and out of a lot of places like New Orleans, New York, Philly, uh, Colorado, a, a couple times, Wisconsin. I'm pretty much try to try to provide support in, in different ways and in different areas. Cool. I'd imagine that the different regions have their own like challenges based on just the, the geography and the history of the of the place. Yeah, we definitely, um, so there's GSAs in 40 different areas, 40 different states, um, and there's places that are urban, that are suburban, that are rural, and they all have their different um, challenges, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're both, we're both 35, yeah? The same, yep. same age. And yeah. I was just curious, I mean, I, uh, I've helped start a, a GSA when I was in high school, and this is like back in 97, so I'm just imagining... Awesome. Uh, and part of it cons consisted of watching episodes of Ellen, uh, uh, <laughs> right? Um, not not the most radical. Then, yeah. but then also there was we also went around to different classrooms and you know read statistics. Mm -hmm. And I'm just I'm curious as to how things have changed. Like now, that's feels like a while ago. It's like almost 20 years ago. So I'm curious as to in, in your in your lifetime if you've seen any changes that you'd care to share. Well, I think one thing that's definitely changing is that folks are talking much more about racism and about, um, you know, especially nowadays talking about like state violence is something that young people are always talking about and always aware of. Um, or at least, you know, in the GSAs and in a lot of the schools and community organizations that I work with, they're um, at the forefront of a lot of the movements, um, always organizing, always you know, both push putting pressure on cops to putting pressure mm. on school officials to um, putting pressure on politicians to um, acknowledge that the system needs to change and that, um, you know, especially them being young people, that they're the ones who are going to change it and inherit it and inherit the different um, just violence that our culture creates on a regular basis. Yeah. So, yeah, so intersectionality seems to be more like present in people's minds. Yeah, there's definitely been um, an intentional process that we're going through to reach out to more LGBTQ organizations that may not necessarily be um, leading GSAs specifically in the way that people would imagine, like just talking about safe space and just um, a lot of people think that it's just about creating a safe and 
personal space for people, which is definitely a key ingredient, but also like thinking about how the world needs to change, how the school needs to change, how communities need to change is a is a thing that we're, uh, you know, at GSA Network working more and more on. Cool. Uh, so one one question I had was how has like the, the Internet like played a part in terms of connecting folks? Well, I would say it's a huge thing, right? Because we're, you know, we're at the crossroads now where we're just constantly, like at least once a week, um, if not two or three times a week, depending on the time, I get a couple new emails from new uh, young people Mm -hmm. or teachers who are doing GSA work. So that's one of the ways that we're able to actually track how many uh, GSAs there are in the country, which it's nearly impossible. Like, we really don't know. Yeah. Um, we're, but we do know that we're working in places like Puerto Rico. There are students there who are um, working to change their culture um, in that community and that culture and, as, and people in Hawaii and Alaska. So there's a huge amount of diversity in the Internet. Um, helps us to actually see that and you know people just go to our site and are able to look at you know what other young people are doing and 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 that's just you know um a huge thing especially just connecting like yeah. people being able to at least stay connected to each other absolutely very cool yeah um so, so what have been the most like surprising things that you found while while working with youth um i think that well i think the biggest thing that always impresses me um is how much they know about their young their their parents and how much they hold up their parents own challenges struggles like you know um coming out myself as like a black person you know in brooklyn back in the day um it wasn't easy but also i think that you know there's a lot of as i've gotten older right as i've you know worked with other young people there's a lot of ways that we carry our families and we challenge our families to grow yeah. um as queer and trans people as gender expansive people we you know are in this place of leadership in a lot of ways and i think that when i was younger i was very fearful about being put out and not being able to survive and luckily i was able to stay in my family, but a lot of young people don't have that option. A lot of young people are put out of their families and create their own lives and create their own businesses and create their own success and don't necessarily need to need to rely on the system, but are really um, inventive and hungry for, um, you know, taking care of themselves and also taking care of each other. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to, a lot to think about. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And especially as, as far as like privilege comes in. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, and trauma and how often um, people just carry these traumas, but also carry these strengths. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about also, I mean, we're talking about race in terms of how there's like still so much racism within the, the queer community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, word up. So it's I think just for for youth to begin to to look at that is, is very important. Yeah, and also, like, culture, right? Like, I grew up as a black Muslim, and the Islamophobia that's happening also affects me and also is something that um, deeply saddens me about the way this country is developing and, or at least the way that the system is intentionally forcing it to develop and forcing people to be, Yeah, it's, like, still, like, finding every reason for people not to trust one another and to be afraid of one another. Well, of course, because that, you know, maintains the power dynamic, right? Yep, yep. Like, it's like, well, keep, please save us from each other, you know? Yeah, if we were to actually work together, then the folks in power wouldn't be in power. Word up. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> oh. 
Yeah. Um, what's great though is that the young people. Um, what I love about working with young people, I've worked with young people since I was younger. I'm, I'm guess a yelder. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, I'm 35, so I'm not that old, but I'm not that young, I guess. Um, but anyway, like the young people are just constantly inventing and constantly pushing themselves and inspire me all the time mm-hmm. to keep doing this work and to keep thinking of new ways to challenge the system. Cool. Um, so for folks who don't have kids or don't work with kids, what are ways that we can support youth? Are there any like volunteer opportunities that you're aware of? Well, I think just looking in your community for organizations that are either doing um, organizing or working with youth development or just being a mentor, like young people need, you know, even if you could find an organization or, you know, someone that you know in your family that just needs, you know, some mentorship. I think that's Mm -hmm. a key thing, especially in the LGBTQ community. We don't have enough of our people helping to mentor our young people. And that's what they need. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, I mean, I often just think about the the '80s, for instance, and just the folks lost. Um, so, like, we're like missing a generation. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it's like now that we're coming of age, how to be the adults that weren't there when we were growing up. Exactly. Exactly. Which is uh, an ongoing both light and and burden that I face in this work, but it's something that um, I think it keeps me young. I feel young. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is it is um, very inspiring just to see young people. I think just from what I've been exposed to, like on the internet, just for folks, you know, the young people speaking out, uh, feel it makes me feel glad to know that people feel like they are able to be heard and have the the confidence to to be themselves. Yeah, their their voices, their work that doesn't often get on the media is why um, politicians like Obama and and others are talking about you know. Um, you know, the state violence are talking about Black Lives Matter are talking about um, movement building and organizing and even the Black Panthers. Right. Like, yeah, you know, which a lot of people saw the documentary. But, you know, that was young folks power um, who are willing to not take it anymore. And that's consistently happening. But people don't pay attention. So, yeah, look in your neighborhoods and your communities, you know. Yeah. Something else is that young people aren't often heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 biggest thing they face a lot of times is just adultism. The idea that they're mm. not, um, they don't have a voice as as meritous or wise as us adults or us older people. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any like stories or experiences from your travels that you'd like to share? Um, I would say. The, the 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 representation that I see on a regular basis in the queer South is something that's an mm. endless learning for me. If you go to hashtag queer South or um, hashtag Black Future Legends, you can see some of the work that folks are doing all around the South. But in general, um, like I spend a lot of time in New Orleans mm-hmm. and I work with a great organization, Breakout in New Orleans, that is supporting our GSA network there. And... Um, I would say just look at the South in yeah. a because there's so much innovation um, happening in you know in Breakout, um, which is a great organization, as well as um, in Song Southerners on New Ground, yeah. and there's all of this movement building that's happening in the South that our young people are a part of as well in GSAs and organizations, and so um, don't underestimate the what's happening in the middle of the country, you know, as well in the Midwest as well. You know, let's not just 
um, stay in our own, you know, urban, chic, uh, yes. gentrified areas, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. So what's next for, for you and or the organization? Uh, well, right now we are doing um, a lot of education, uh, both moving, building rallies and actions around Black Future Legends, which is our um, GSA Day for Racial Justice. We try to use, um, since last year, what we've been trying to do is focus um, looking at ourselves, looking at our organization and building our youth leadership mm -hmm. um, and looking at building our youth of color leadership specifically. So we're using um, this Black History Month this year. Um, which a lot of folks are calling Black Futures Month to highlight, um, you know, what what is growing and moving in our in our young people's of color's imagination when it comes to um, just being a radical trans queer person. Yeah, you excellent. know, yeah. So Very that's kind of like the the big thing is that we're trying to build, I guess, a curriculum mm -hmm. really to educate more around intersections, to educate both young people and adults around. Um, the the ways that you know we need to liberate ourselves yeah excellent cool so what do you so what do you do like on your downtime or when because I, I would imagine that sometimes working in the like the nonprofit industrial complex as it were can also be very frustrating and uh demanding definitely so uh what do you what do you do to kind of like take breaks or to to self for self-care the biggest thing I think is besides just chilling, you know, at my house, just chilling, doing nothing, um, which is amazing <laughs> more and more as I get older. But um, definitely writing, definitely yeah. writing. Um, poetry is a big thing that I do. Um, I'm lucky to be a part of a great group called Spectrum Queer Media yeah. uh, that, that we're both a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, the open mics are just so healing uh, when I have the chance to go. Um, and so... But yeah, just the writing, because I get to sit with myself and just get all the thoughts out that maybe I'm not supposed to have or really are just coming from me that um, that's uninterrupted. Yeah. 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 I, I enjoy that mic so much. and I've met so many great people there. And it, it, I forget, like, sometimes when I leave that, like, the rest of the world isn't like that. And it's yeah. a shame that it isn't, that the rest of the world doesn't feel quite as safe or there's not that care that's given and the space that people are given just to express themselves and to be heard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Definitely uh, those out folks who haven't had a chance to get out there, head there. It's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Word. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. This has been a great experience. Thank you. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, yeah, is there anything else you'd like? We still have some time. So if, you, if there's anything else you'd like to share or talk about, it's completely uh. it's completely open. So... Um, if you've, I guess the one thing I'm thinking about, I know the documentary on the Black Panther Party came mm, out, but yeah. continue to do research, continue to yeah. do research on the black, uh, black movement, black led revolution, um, look more into the Black Panthers. Um, you know, there's plenty of folks out there who have plenty of narratives around the Black Panthers. Look out. Um, you know, people don't know enough about the move bombing that happened in Philadelphia yeah. Yeah. and that happened to folks. Um, to black folks there um, so so now's a great time to like 
use not just this month, but use your time in this world to learn about Black Lives Revolution because it's it's everywhere and it's 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 diverse and it's 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 everything you know or not everything. There's like you know all types of movements, all types of movements yeah. all across the country uh, for Latino folks, for Latinx folks, for um, just communities all across the country, all across the world are fighting and have their stories that we need to go and find and and we should all be be hungry to to learn our, our ancestors stories. Absolutely. And there's so much that's happened that like is specifically not told in the history books and that's not passed mm-hmm. down. Yep. And and we only have that as like our mind is ourselves and sometimes we allow this broader society to colonize our minds and our hearts and so both as we grow and stretch our hearts we should grow and stretch our minds definitely absolutely i think that's a uh something i'm thinking about now i'm like oh okay yeah (laughs) um yeah cool this has been great thank you absolutely yeah i'm so it's been great having you here so yeah, one thing I was, I was going to ask was that um, at the at the mic last week you were talking about um, you had a shirt that had Omar on from The Wire, who I think is a lot of our favorite our favorite character from the show, and really appreciated what you were what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, what I love about The Wire is that it gave me a st- you know some stories about Baltimore, but. What I know that's frustrating about The Wire is that some folks in Baltimore don't like that story, right? Mm -hmm. And so luckily I've had the chance to go to Baltimore and hear the direct stories of people there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, as much as we all have our TV and our celebrities and our stories about areas... You know, like, I think it's important to to be hungry to learn about the actual Baltimore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and have that chance. Like, that's a privilege that I've been able to have, but I've also created a space in my life for that to happen. So, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, if there's anything else you'd like to share, you're good. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to put on some music, and then I'll be back with some, some news stories. Take just one moment here. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming in. And so folks can find the, the GSA Network. It's gsanetwork.org. Yeah, and if you want to know more about Black Future Legends, please hashtag Black Future Legends, hashtag GSA Day for RJ, or um, just go to our website um, and have a happy Black Future Month. Cool. Thank you so much for coming in, Mustafa. Thank you. Yeah, well, we'll see you soon. Be back in a moment. So sad now, no way out. The bottom of despair. Hormones raging, going crazy. Is there another boy who cares? Deep water pulling me down.
that's a lifetime to wait Try to hold on, put my thick skin on Till I make my escape Deep water, pulling me down Deep water, afraid I'll drown Deep water, deep water
and welcome back to the weekly review. That was uh, Nine Inch Nails. Haven't heard them in a while. And before that, Pansy Division with Deep Water. A song about being a gay youth and not knowing where to go and what to do. So I thought that fit in quite well. So we've got a few new stories coming up. Um, and then we'll be having some music from Ruby Fruit. So looking forward to having them come in here. So Gail, who's a frequent caller to the show and to the station, called in and said, are you doing a show about police brutality today? And that's kind of what we almost do every during every show um, as it's an epidemic here in the States. So uh, it's a new year, and so far many, many folks have been 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 murdered. So this is a, an article, and a lot of it's not being reported uh, as well. So this is from filmingcops.com, and there's a lot of activists out there who are wanting to get the word out. And so cops killed nearly four people a day in January, more deaths a day than most countries kill per year. In January 2016, police killed 113 people. At least one person was fatally gunned down by a cop every day that month. One particularly deadly day, January 27th, saw 10 people meet their fate thanks to the police. On average, that is almost four people a day. And there is no indication this tragic epidemic will end soon. That daily average is higher than the annual average of other countries. For example, in all of 2011, British police killed two people. In 2012, one person. In 2013, a total of three bullets left the barrels of British police guns. And no one was killed in the last two years. A total of four people have lost their lives because of British cops, bringing the total number of citizens killed in the UK to seven in the last five years. Uh, Non-profit Fatal Encounters, which compiled the January statistics, tracks, verifies maps, and charts the data for deadly police incidents, which admittedly isn't complete due to a continuing lack of mandatory national reporting requirements. Uh, That lack also creates gaps in available information, such as race or age, or even deaths themselves, which might otherwise aid those seeking to curb and ultimately end police brutality. Though the numbers include killings by police which might be legally justified, many of the incidents circumstances aren't entirely known. One researcher for the site, Christopher Cox, who handles deaths by law enforcement agencies in Texas, explained in October he'd already received 1,916 responses to Freedom of Information Act FOIA requests. A sign uh, fatal encounters uh, truly strives for uh, thoroughness. Uh, According to the website, fatal encounters is intended to help create a database of all deaths through police interaction in the United States since January 1st, 2000. This site will remain as impartial and data-driven as possible, directed by the theory that Americans should be able to answer some simple questions about the use of deadly force by police. How many people are killed in interactions with law enforcement in the United States of America? Are the numbers increasing? What do those people look like? Can policies and training be modified to have fewer officer-involved shootings and improve outcomes and safety for both officers and citizens? 
Answers to those questions have been attempted by various groups and multiple websites, such as Killed by Police, which relies almost completely on information contributed by the public, and The Counted, a project by The Guardian, which, though praised for its interactive database, has been lightly criticized for low counts. Killed by Police listed 1,205 total killings by law enforcement for 2015, but hasn't yet listed any statistics for 2016. The counted tallied just 83 deaths compared to Fatal Encounters 113 for January 2016. It should be most desirable. It would be most desirable for there to be a reporting requirement, or no need whatsoever for any database of those killed by the very people tasked with protecting them from harm. <sighs> and I look forward to the day when we don't have to report on this because it's not happening anymore. Uh, so, moving into changing the way the systems at work, uh, there is a petition out to shut down Rikers. And if you go to change.org, you can find it. The petition, they're petitioning the mayor of New York, uh, Bill de Blasio, uh, to shut down Rikers. And it's called Campaign to Shut Down Rikers. And it says, we call on you, Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, and Department of Correction Commissioner uh, Pont to immediately shut down Rikers Island. It is a factory of human rights abuses that cannot be reformed. The Department of Correction has created a system that enables widespread physical and sexual assaults of detainees. Correction officers routinely use solitary confinement as a tool of punishment. Approximately 85% of those incarcerated, including large numbers of adolescents and mentally ill residents, have not been convicted of any crime and many remain incarcerated because they cannot afford bail. Rikers is a potent symbol of a racist criminal justice system that has waged a war on black, brown, and low-income people. Rather than policies that criminalize and incarcerate, we demand funding for community-based social services, mental health care, rehabilitation, and due process protections. Hashtag shutdown Rikers. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, so folks can go ahead and sign and share this petition. It's on change.org. It's also on the weekly review page. So please sign and share. And we need more. Uh, we need more of this uh, to to shut down the institutions that cause more harm than good. I met one person when I was living in New York who had spent some time in Rikers, and to put it mildly, uh, it it was horrible. It was horrible for him. It the idea of behind. Penitentiary, penance, the things that make you better, and instead, uh, these these uh, prisons make people uh, worse. It they cause more harm than good. So we need to shut them down and provide alternatives. I think that's the big thing too: is provide alternatives. One can shut something down, though we need places for people to go to help them. Next up, this is from Fusion.net. Thousands occupy Wisconsin Capitol in Day Without Latinos protest, and this was written by Daniel Rivero. Dairy production in, in, famously in famously cheesy Wisconsin may be slowing to a drip today. Thousands of Latinos from across the Badger State have mobilized today, walking out of their jobs and schools in protest of two bills in the state legislature that activists say are anti-immigrant 
and by extension anti-Latino organizers at uh, Voices de la Frontera, a Wisconsin immigrant rights group, are calling the action a day without Latinos. Some Latino-owned businesses have closed in support, while others around the state are closing in solidarity. On Thursday morning, uh, this was a scene at the state capitol in Madison, and they have a photo of many, many people gathered together with flags. Uh, An estimated 14,000 people were in attendance in front of the Capitol building. Uh, An official at the Madison Police Department told Fusion, there have been reported arrests. It is a very, very peaceful crowd, said the official. Uh, Oh, there have been been no reported arrests. It is a very, very peaceful crowd, said the officer. Lots of families there with their children. Uh, That number does not include the people inside the Capitol building. Capitol Police estimate that about 1,500 people were inside the building during the peak hour of noon to 1 p.m., an official said. Uh, An official told Fusion, overall, the Capitol Police independently estimated 14,000 people were in attendance, lining up with the city police account. One of the bills being contested is Assembly Bill 450, which aims to prohibit sanctuary cities from being created in the state. Oh, my gosh. Sanctuary cities direct their police departments not to inquire about a person's immigration status when they come in contact with law enforcement. Republicans in the state assembly, uh, Wisconsin's version of a state house, passed the bill along partisan lines. It's similar to Arizona's bill that was passed that went on to the Supreme Court. Uh, Marisabel Cabrera, a Milwaukee immigration attorney who drove to Madison for the rally, told Fusion, referring to the controversial Arizona law that was mostly struck down by the Supreme Court in 2012. The bill is expected to be heard by the state's Senate in the, next, in the near future. Another bill that has drawn ire from Latino groups is SB 533, which would restrict local governments from issuing local photo IDs for people who cannot get state IDs for some reason or another. The bill was passed by Republicans in the Senate earlier this week along partisan lines. It will soon go to the Assembly. Milwaukee passed a law that would allow it to start issuing the local IDs to the city's undocumented immigrants and homeless populations. The law has not yet gone into effect. The bills increase the fear of anyone who is undocumented, and it's going to negatively impact the state in general, because if people think they're going to be asked for their papers, they're not going to go to school, they're not going to go to work, and they're going to go more underground, said Cabrera. That's not going to be helpful for anybody. Part of the reason the state's Day Without Latinos is so important is because it will let people know how much Latinos contribute to this state said Luz Sosa, a university professor uh, at the Milwaukee Area Technical College and organizer with Citizen Action of Wisconsin, a progressive activist group. We're not going to stand by and be discriminated against and have our rights trampled on, she told Fusion, while en route to the Capitol building uh, from Milwaukee. And they post another photo. Many, 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 many people in are outside. Uh, The economic impact of the actions is not immediately clear, but it will likely have a big impact um, on the state's dairy industry. 
in preparation for the action, dairy farmers expressed to local papers that they were concerned that the production would drop sharply as workers leave in uh, to show solidarity. Approximately 90% of the state's dairy industry are from Mexico, according to a study cited by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The head of one dairy farm told the paper uh, it, reached, it reached a compromise where it agreed to give full pay to a handful of its employees while they go to the rally and represent their co-workers to avoid working with a skeleton crew. The bills stand uh, to make uh, his employees feel less welcome in the state, he said, even though all his employees are in the U.S. legally. That disturbs me very much because my employees are very welcomed, Don Niles, a dairy farmer owner, told the paper. The vast majority of my workforce, with the exception of my family and two other people, are all from outside the United States originally. In Madison, restaurants and businesses surround the Capitol have closed in support of the action. Other businesses, including tattoo parlors, tax preparation services, daycares, coffee shops, and more, are also closing for the day across the state, according to a press release issued by Voices du de la Frontera. Uh, in 2006, we defeated a bill by mobilizing a massive day without Latinos, said Christine Newman Ortiz, executive director of Voices de la Frontera, uh, in a statement. It is urgent that we do the same on February 18th. And, and there's an update here, and the, it says a, a crowd estimate from the Capitol Police has been added to the story, and Fusion's Evelyn Baker contributed to this report. So this also just reminds me of when folks took over the Capitol in Wisconsin, which was a few years ago, and uh, just, oh, Scott Walker and all of his, his lackeys need to get the hell out of Wisconsin. Not a fan of that governor. So I'm moving along to, there's just one more story I wanted to get to, and like a bit of a rant. Uh, so some friends and I were at this bar called Room 389 in Oakland on Tuesday night, and a friend went to use the bathroom, and after they came out of the bathroom, uh, a bartender and the door person asked us to leave because they didn't believe that my friend belonged in that specific bathroom due to their gender identity. And it was really messed up, to put it mildly. And they also accused us of doing things we didn't do, like being in the bathroom together, even though we weren't. I think they're thinking of another couple that had gone into another bathroom. And it was really disrespectful. And just the the way they were, the, the way, especially the, the door, the person who was working at the door was like talking to us was so uh, just dismissive. And he said, there's no room for discussion. And it's like, wait a second, if you're going to accuse someone of something, at least allow them to speak up for themselves. And then I was also saying that it's, you can't get people out of bathrooms. Uh, it's ridiculous, and you shouldn't police people based on their bodies and their genders. So my friend was like extremely uncomfortable. I was also uncomfortable. So we were like, let's just leave, and then ended up going back. I ended up going back and uh, talked to the bartender, and uh, I was like, well, you're, this policy is stupid, first of all, and I think it's legal. And also, you know, if we're going to go by what's on people's IDs, you would want me using the women's room. Because I in California, I get my IDs shift based on where I am and which I what the IDs say, which I think is just a show of just how ridiculous the state is in terms of how people are people's bodies are monitored and the state doesn't really know anything about us and you know or what they think they do. 
And uh, so by their logic, I would have to use the women's room, which I think would probably be uncomfortable for a lot of women if I were to go in there. So the guy was like, uh, and didn't really know how to respond to that. And then he said, oh, yeah, well, we, we should have unisex bathrooms. And I said, yeah, of course. That would make things better for everyone. And uh, it was just very frustrating. And I was just upset. I've been through that before, but it's been a long time since I've been kicked out of a bathroom. It hasn't happened in a long time. And to have that happen to my friend, I was just very, very upset that they had to go through it. And recognizing that this happens all the time. And uh, even more so that there are bills being written and passed, unfortunately, in the country to specifically uh, monitor what bathrooms people go to, especially trans folks. And it's just so disgusting. So there have been a lot of petitions and a lot of actions. And the mayor, of, the mayor, the governor of South Dakota, because I just, governors, most of, the, most of the governors out there are just assholes, I have to say it. Uh, oh, just not, not good folks. Um, so he was refusing to meet with anyone. He's like, I've never met anyone who's trans, and I don't want to meet with anyone who's trans, and da-da-da. So then now he's going to meet with at least some trans youth, which is, which is good. Uh, and hopefully they can talk some sense into him and be like, oh, hey, we're people, and we deserve to go to the bathroom wherever we want, so fuck you. That's, that's my words, not, not theirs, of course. Uh, it's just so frustrating. Again, the recurring theme on this show is people in positions of power who do more harm than good. And in this case, it's a lot of harm. So one, one way one can take action, aside from having conversations with people or going to establishments where places may discriminate against folks based on their gender identity, is to sign a petition and just get the word out. And here's one that's from the ACLU. Gotta love the ACLU. All right, ACLU action. And it says, protect students from anti-transgender bill, because this bill also specifically targets transgender youth. So some of the most vulnerable folks out there, it's targeting. Uh, So this is an update from February 17th. Uh, Thomas Lewis, a transgender student in South Dakota's public school system, is standing up for his rights and the rights of transgender students everywhere. Thomas is demanding that Governor Dennis Dugard uh, veto HB 1008. Will you join him? And I'll read a little bit about this, and then we'll play some music, and then we'll have our musical guests come in. Woo! Okay, the South Dakota State Legislature just passed the country's first anti-trans bill, an awful measure that ostracizes and bullies transgender students. If Governor Dennis Dugard signs the bill into law, it could set a horrifying standard for the rest of the country to legislate hate. We need to raise our voices and tell South Dakota's governor that we won't stand for hatred and bigotry in our schools. HB 1008 would make transgender students use separate restrooms and locker rooms from everyone else, further singling out children who are already at high risk of harassment and isolation. South Dakota lawmakers are sending a message that it's okay to segregate, humiliate, and bully transgender students. They're saying that transgender students should be kept away from other students, as if they're dangerous. They're not. They're children who go to school to learn. Demand that Governor Dugard veto this bill. Don't let the South Dakota legislature's uh, bile infect the rest of the country. And we posted this. We can post it right now um, on the Weekly Review webpage, and that's at facebook.com slash weeklyrev. So, yes, I encourage folks to sign the petition, have conversations, uh, especially with folks who might not normally think about these kind of things because uh, – uh, it's really just, it's just disgusting. And as someone who's been kicked out of a bathroom before, it's not fun. It's not cute. When you go to pee, uh, adults kind of know. And, you know, it's like people know where they, the bathrooms that they need to, to use. And the people causing the problems 
aren't trans folks. It's the people who are policing the bathrooms. All right. On that note, I'm going to play some music, and we'll get our guests set up. And we'll be back with Ruby Fruit. Welcome back to the Weekly Review. I'm joined by Jenny and Kate. 
uh, also known as Ruby Fruit. Um, so grateful to have you here. Grateful to be here, totally. Roman. Yeah. So we met um, also at Spectrum Queer Media this past Tuesday, and you're you're passing through town. Yep. Yes. Sure Excellent. So um, you're welcome to get started with some music, and then we can chat a little bit about your travels. Sounds, Sounds great. great. Excellent. Cool. Gonna play a brand new one. Yes, yeah, very new. We actually played this at uh, at the Perch, and um, messed up. Pretty bad. A few times. <laughs> Stop and start over, so hopefully that won't happen. We practiced. Okay. Uh, oh, this is called Half Moon. Yep. Previously known as the Fire Escape Zone. <laughs>
beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Rowan. That was wonderful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> After all that weekly update, oh, it was much a needed. Lift. All the time, absolutely. <laughs> so, so where to? Where are you two from originally? I'm from Indiana. Oh, okay. And I'm originally from Miami. Oh, okay. Yes. And we, where did you meet? We met. Well, we met at Kenyon College in Ohio, yep. which is where we both went to college. Mm-hmm. But I was I was visiting for my Kate, Kate was a senior when I was a freshman, so I was visiting um, for my acapella reunion. That's right. <laughs> At the same time that my five year college reunion was happening, and I, and we made out. Really... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, we were both living in New York at the time. Yes. And then decided to not live in New York anymore. Yep, I I remember that feeling. Decided, how long did you live in New York? I was there for nine years. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for six and a half. And Jenny was there for like three three years. years? Yeah. Yeah. So we decided to see what other communities were like. Excellent. Yeah, now we're having an adventure. Wonderful. So what, what has your adventure consisted of so far? We started in Indiana, and then we couch surfed down, and we worked at a farm called Buddy Boy mm-hmm. in San Marcos, Texas. Maybe we should describe like what we're doing exactly. Yes, good idea. Yeah. So, so we're um, we're traveling around the country, um, staying on farms through the Woof program, mm-hmm. which stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. It's awesome, woof.org. and basically you can stay at a farm. Um, and do part-time work for them, like, you know, weeding, digging, whatever, in exchange for room and board. So it's just a really good um, work work trade, way to travel super cheaply. So yeah. we're doing that in all of the places that we think have artistic communities that, that we like to check out, that basically. We're awesome. Yeah. 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 So you want to say where we've been? Yeah, so we've been to San Marcos, Texas, and which is just south of Austin. <laughs> And then we went to Boulder, the Boulder, Denver area. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Miami. And then back to LA. And then now we're here. Awesome. Yeah. 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 This is kind of my favorite so far. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's there's a, a lot of good stuff happening in totally. the Bay Area right now. This is one of them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, would you like to play another song? Yeah, that sounds great. Excellent. Um,. So this one is called Black Dog. Yep. And it's also fairly new. Um, so yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Nice. Go. And this is on a banjo and a ukulele. Oh, and Ooh. previously what you heard was a banjo lele, which is a really sweet uh, hybrid between a banjo and a ukulele. Very cool.
musical influences oh wow that's a tough question oh. roman no but a great one <laughs> totally um i i grew up playing piano um and playing jazz piano mm-hmm. so i really like um like uh oscar peterson and count basie and bill evans i, I don't know like how much there's a direct influence there music wise mm-hmm. i kind of um tried to write some songs on the piano when I first started writing songs like in high school and it just didn't really work so I started you know picking up string instruments um I don't know I also really like Feist I like really mm-hmm. like Feist yeah I'm pretty obsessed with her Feist oh yeah St. Vincent Tune Yards mm-hmm. some really good ones um, I love Erica Badu yeah Amy Winehouse mm-hmm I don't know if these are influences or just, like, people I like. Hopefully they are, right? Sure. What about you? Anybody else, Kate? Um, You really like folk music. I really like folk music, and I am classically trained, so uh, people that were very influential to me were, were like, 
Edith Piaf and Kathleen Battle and um, oh man, there's so many. I'm gonna I'm gonna like as soon as this is over, I'm gonna think <laughs> right like a long list. Totally, yeah, sure. Um, but also, my dad would do this thing when I was little where he'd play 15 seconds of a jazz or blues song from his wide, varied collection, and I had to say every instrumentalist and person that Damn. was playing at the time. That's wow. So jazz and blues is like really in there. Kids that did that to me when I, the first time I did it. <laughs> yeah. I think I did it was okay. a quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Did great. Yeah. Did great. yeah. You passed? Yeah. And then I would also like to throw out this question. I would oh like to say, it, it has occurred to me that if I could be any, Ooh. it would be Sarah Vaughn, I think. Mm. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. What about you? Who would, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, who would you be? Putting me on the spot. Roman, do you have any? Yeah, answer? who would you be if you could be any artist? Oh, any artist? Yeah. Oh. Any, any I'm thinking of all these, like, artists. I'm thinking activists. Um, okay, yeah, but maybe that's the better <laughs> Oh, this is so tricky. Oh, I'm, I'm so used to being in the other position where I get to ask people <laughs> questions and I can just, like, maintain my, mis- my mysterious... Uh, I don't know about you. Oh, no. Uh, how about another song? <laughs> um, that's really hard. Okay, well, what are... Yeah. Can we ask you what are some activists that you find very influential? Yeah. Can we turn it around on you a little bit? Or you're just, like, not prepared... Oh, wow. If I wish people could <laughs> see the look you're giving us right now. <laughs> well, uh, like, uh, just, we were talking about, like, the Black Panthers, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Huey P. Newton, who totally. was, like... Uh, so, like, the folks who really spoke about, like, intersectionality, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Artists and, like, poet, like, Audre Lorde. Okay. Yeah. Um, just talking about, like, there's no hierarchy of oppressions. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Those are those are the, the two folks that kind of just played a Lou Reed song, um, awesome. and he had his issues with his personal, you know. So it's like, right, right. So it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. There's there's folks who maybe their work I liked, and then you go into their their personal lives, and you're like, ooh, they maybe didn't treat people so well. Right. So it's tricky. Like, who would I want to be? And I guess as far as as an artist or an act, even as an activist goes, mm-hmm. how to how does one balance like doing very like even with you know John Lennon was. He beat like women in his life. So there's like folks who like as artists, one might appreciate their work, and then when you read about them, it's like, oh, what a fucking asshole. So it's like how to pardon my swearing. Well, not really. I mean, I don't care. But like, uh, it's that's complicated. So ideally, I'd like to be, in an ideal world, I'd be myself. However, you know. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, we're finding we're finding that it is hard to carry how to on on this journey in life in our the the songs we write how to carry the suffering that you see all over the place and hear and kind of keep tabs on and experience but also the daily joys and gratitude and how it just ends up being like a heartachey feeling and hopefully you can express in a song, all of that in the same, right, in the same moment yeah, somehow. But yeah, being an activist artist, as you said, and balancing like your individual taste with what you feel like needs to be said right. at that moment and what is right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, what's the obligation of an artist to write an activist song? 
Mm. You know? Like, I don't find, like, when I'm writing a song, lyrics are, tend to be the last thing I think about. Like, I usually just put in placeholders and sometimes take some time. But then, you know, it's sort of like, is it important to use your voice to send a message or just to express yourself? Right. You know? Yeah. Just, just always feels, I don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you want to, like, there's the, the one quote, I think it was attributed to E.B. White. I don't know if that's yeah. accurate or not. Don't yeah. quote you the, on that quote. Don't, don't quote me on that quote. I'm or maybe sure don't quote you on that quote. Don't, yeah. But there's like the, the the wanting to either save the world or like just like either enjoy the world or, or save it. And like right. the balance right. between how Absolutely. do you, how do we do that? Absolutely. Like, because you have to like take care in order to, even if one does want to right. save the world, one has to take care of themselves first. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Oh. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we get into deep conversations here thankfully <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome should we should we play another song yeah it, yeah please yeah awesome um uh can you can I do that yeah yeah one second we're doing a lot of instrument switching <laughs> okay uh yeah no that's right This one is called Ivory Tower, yep. and we filmed this also for Tiny Desk Competition, NPR's Tiny Desk Competition. Oh, cool. Do you know about that? So, yeah. It's such a cool thing. They have like a whole concert series that's just artists playing their music on, on Tiny Desks, or with the contest rules are just that a Tiny Desk has to be in the room. Right. So we recorded ours at Mount Diablo High School. We were working at a, at a garden in, there. In uh, Concord, California. We were oh, working yes. at the garden there. And we recorded it in a bathroom, and there's a desk that was taken, stolen, taken, we but put back. about it. Put back um, from the bathroom. For in the bathroom next to us. It was really fun. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, cool. I would just like to also just say that before we play the song, Mm-hmm. that were Ruby Fruit and you can um, check out our website which is rubyfruitjams.com like jam like music but jam like get it because it's, it's like a pun uh-huh. <laughs> um, and our Facebook page is Ruby Fruit Jams and our Instagram, Instagram Twitter it's all Ruby all Fruit Jams yep so yeah check it out and like us and stuff because that'd be cool um
beautiful. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Much. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're melting. Oh, I am melting. Rob just took his Xanax or something. <laughs> <laughs> no Xanax for me. Just music. Just music. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so yeah. much for having us. Yeah, here. thanks for coming in. And you two are playing at the Culture Collective tonight. Yes, yes, yes Culture we are. Collective with a Q, and that is at. Do you know where that is? Do you? It's on Franklin, Franklin. Street in yeah. Oakland. I can look and up it's the address. Hosted by Jezebel Delilah. Yes. Starts. We're going to be playing from seven to seven thirty. Yep. Okay. Um, We're doing what I'm calling a, a soft open, so sort of like, sort of casually open. introducing right. as people come in. As people. But come. there's fifteen local artists that are performing yeah. tonight. And it's a really awesome like queer performance art everything space. Yeah, it's great. And it's coupled with Mamacita's Cafe, which um, they have a thing too. They like hire young women to teach them how to run businesses and their mm-hmm. coffee is... Do you know what the coffee is? It's do you remember? Red Bean Roasters. Yeah, and they hire previously incarcerated men to sort oh. of like counter... Oh, I think it might be men and women. Men and women? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's a very cool trifecta of things going yeah. on in that space. Oh, right really on. Good. Yeah, I was there a couple months ago. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, one of the mics that they had on on Friday and Sweet. had a really good time mm-hmm. there. Awesome. Yeah. So the address is uh, 1714 Franklin Street, and that's in, in downtown Oakland for folks who want to check that out. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So we do have a little bit more time. So you're welcome to, if there's anything else you want to share, uh, music or otherwise. Any shout outs or mm. no no pressure of course. Oh, I should have told her about this. <laughs> well, the good thing is that this is like live streaming and then we'll also have the download, so it's being oh, recorded awesome. so folks will be able to cool. listen to it even if they're unable to at this current moment. Cool. Yeah. Okay. We do have another one we could do, we even can... two more we could do. Okay. It's up to you. I say just one more. I'm a little scared to play uh Happy River. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. So yeah. Let's do one song close Excellent. Up. Sounds wonderful. Okay, cool. Thank you so, again, yeah, so much. Yeah. Thanks for, for coming in. Yeah. And uh, it's our good luck on your on your travels. Where's next? Thank you. Next is Portland. Okay. Yeah. Just yep. outside of Portland. Yep. We're working at a farm called Gourmet Hay. Okay. We don't know what they make. We think they make hay, but the gourmet <laughs> part is kind guess. of a joke. Yeah. You know? <laughs> is it a joke? I mean, maybe it? not. I don't know. Maybe I, I shouldn't say before I, I know it. anything about hay. Yeah. But, oh wait, then we're going yeah. to New Orleans. Oh, nice. To work on a community garden that has taken over 10 lots in the Ninth Ward, and they teach kids how to work with food and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we're going to Asheville, and then Detroit. And then we're recording an album in Nashville. Oh, good. Congratulations. Thank you. Super excited about it. Sweet. Um, uh, How does this go again? Okay, yeah, one second. Let me just do a little bit of that. Okay.
you so much. Thank you, Roman. Yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, and also, if you, you all are around, there is a show here at the station at 3 o'clock called the Common Thread Collective that has musicians, so you're welcome to, to stick around for that, too, okay. if you want to do three shows today. I don't know how much <laughs> Why not? you have in you, <laughs> that but uh, that's a possibility. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah, thanks again so much for coming in, and again, folks, check out Ruby Fruit Jams. Yep. <laughs> um, we'll be playing. Uh, you mentioned New Orleans. There's a great artist named Monica McIntyre who has traveled a bit and definitely worth checking out if you're in New Orleans. Sweet. Definitely. Um, she's great. So I'll play one of her songs right now uh, while we close out the show. And yeah, so thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Oop, and that's not it. <laughs> <laughs>
to the river. I give away my pain to the wind. I give away my sorrow to the sunshine. I'm free again. I give away my fear to the river. I give away my pain to the wind. I give away my sorrow to the sunshine. I'm free again. shame to the wind I give away my morning to the moonlight I'm whole again I gave away my grief to the tree folk I give away my shame to the wind I give away my morning to the moonlight I'm whole again shame to the wind I gave away my morning to the moonlight I'm whole again I gave away my sorrow to the sunshine I'm free again I gave away my morning to the moonlight I'm whole again
always right. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Always right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Always right. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Always right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Got the ghetto in our heart And sometimes it's hard to smile Day in, day out with few resources Takes its toll after a while But she believes in magic And she knows that there's grace And she will keep on trying Till a smile builds on her face She's looking for some ghetto magic Under her toes, some ghetto magic, and she'll be patient as it grows, as it grows. Don't you know that God lives in the ghetto? I see it in the flower that through the concrete grows. God lives in the ghetto. Heard it on the wind. my pain to the wind 
I give away my sorrow to the sunshine. I'm free again. Jonathan, I know you love tinctures. I do? Yeah. Most people don't even know what those are. Yeah, most of them don't. Knows how the we need to, yeah, uh, everybody is a little vulnerable, you know. I'm free again. Six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh my God. Weed to make you sleep. Yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't need any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. talking about uh, cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. 
You can buy tickets now on universe.com. With 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts, you won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? 
I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, comedy shows. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. (laughs) 